As a scholar, you traveled halfway across the world to learn more about this country's past. What you didn't take into account was how much enthusiasm you would feel about the country's future. Looking back was part of the academic mission, but once you got to know the people, heard their stories and hopes, looking forward was the only way to go. You're listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. And at one point, I was walking to the street, and I knew I needed a haircut. My just hair was too long. I was getting shaggy, and I knew I needed a haircut. So I'm walking along, and I see a sign that said haircuts. So I was like, this is perfect. So I walked back down through the driveway into a little courtyard in the city and uh, looked around and asked if you know I could get a haircut. And out came a lovely Mozambican woman uh, who, though, had a very kind of surprised look on her face. And she came out and she I quickly heard them chattering and talking among their friends and realized that I was the first white person to ever walk back into that courtyard and sit down on their chair to get a haircut. And they were not quite sure what to do. In the end, it was a decent haircut, but quite a, uh, a surprise for them. This week, the joy of International Children's Day, passing the chicken foot soup test, and the faces of the people. Join us on a journey from the United States to Mozambique and falling for the locals' infectious enthusiasm. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States, warts and all. Exchanges shaped who I am. And when you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them, they are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. Ooh, yeah. Hi, this is uh, Jared Banks. I'm currently a Foreign Service Officer with the Department of State and was fortunate to be a Fulbright Fellow in Mozambique in 1997. So I went planning to spend my time gathering information and and doing research. And um, I did uh, gather a lot But I think what I took away with me uh, was not just the information, but the people that I met, both in the doing the research and in walking the streets and in going and doing site visits. Um, I just met people and their faces and their stories um, will live long beyond, uh, in me, for me, the the journal articles or the uh, dissertation that I wrote. So on one particular holiday, the International Children's Day, we were invited to go out to a school in the suburbs of Maputo. And we didn't really know what to expect. Uh, uh, but we went out there at the invitation and because it sounded wonderful to go uh, visit the school. Got there, and as we walked into the little courtyard of this school, 
the uh, uh, dozen or so children that were sitting on the ground broke into song. And they just started singing at the top of their voices, just incredible, joyful songs celebrating International Children's Day and and celebrating the fact that we were there also with children to be with them on, on that holiday. And that look on their faces as they sat there and sang with so much joy and so much energy uh, was really incredible and so inspiring. And inspiring also to, because of the teacher that they had that was dedicating so much of their life and so much to help this new generation of kids have a, a brighter future. As part of my research, uh, looking at the relationship between history and culture and politics, I spent some of my time reaching out to artists, including writers, uh, Mozambican writers, to better understand their perspective on on uh, the history and the culture of Mozambique. And during one of those, um, essentially, interviews that I had, we did it over lunch. And the writer came, and he suggested a place for us to meet, so we did, and we met, and um, we were talking, and he... Um, ordered some food and I asked for a recommendation on what we should get and he and he recommended something I didn't recognize the name of it and I thought well let's try let's find out what it is so it came out and it was a chicken soup I was like great except then I noticed that the chicken soup was actually made out of chicken feet and then realized that this was his test to see if me as an American was someone who he really wanted to talk to about Mozambican culture. And so we sat there for the next hour and I plopped the chicken feet into my mouth, pulled the meat off of them, spit out the bones with them, and we had a fantastic meal of chicken soup talking about Mozambican literature. The food of Mozambique uh, has had also a huge impact on my whole family's cuisine. And I say that because my younger son, who was uh, you know, three months old at the time when we arrived, uh, was at that point not eating much solid food at all. And we were at a restaurant one time and eating some amazing shrimp, big shrimps that had a piri piri spicy sauce on them. It was just delicious. And as we were talking, sitting with friends and trying to manage balancing the kids at the same time as enjoying this good food, uh, we looked at the face of one of our friend and he was looking at my wife kind of oddly. And we turned over to look and saw that the little baby had grabbed one of the shrimps from off a plate and plopped it into his mouth, replaced his pacifier with a spicy shrimp. And we are absolutely sure that his love for spicy food uh, came from that amazing shrimp. My three-year-old son and I were on a uh, trip in the city, running some errands. And as we were driving down along the road along the coastline, we uh, were pulled over by the police. And they 
said that we had gone the wrong direction on a road. We had violated some kind of a road traffic. And then the two soldiers, police officers, hard to distinguish at the time, uh, got in the car with their AK-47s next to my son, uh, who was strapped and you know strapped down into his car seat, and told me I needed to give them a ride. Uh, so off we went up through the coastline, up back into the central part of the city, and took them back to the police station uh, for a surprising uh, role as a taxi driver. I walked into a square that was at the uh, center of the city um, and walked into the building called the Camara Municipal, which is the main city center building, and walked into an archive there, essentially a library in the basement of that building, and was surrounded by volume after volume of book from the colonial period predominantly. And what struck me was the incredible body of knowledge that surrounded me there that had been produced predominantly by the Portuguese during the colonial period. And then to walk out of that building into modern-day Mozambique and see the way that Mozambique was reinventing itself and um, creating a new identity um, based on a new vision and a new hope for a a future. And that very idea of uh, the archive and how Africa could define itself became really the paradigm that I used for my entire work uh, and my entire dissertation. Weeks later, I was um, introduced to someone who worked at the Film Institute and had a chance to go to the Film Institute and see some of the uh, um, the shelves and shelves of old film that they had stored there. For one, it was very sobering to see the condition that the film was in, to see that it was decaying and not adequately stored properly. But even more impressive than the poor condition of the film was the fact that there were dedicated staff, Mozambicans there, who cared for that film like it was their own family, their own children. They'd been there for decades and, and really cared about making sure that that film survived, that those documents of, of Mozambican history. And so they pulled some of the film out and let me look through some of the archival film of Maputo and of Mozambique from colonial times, uh, they gave me an incredible uh, vision of what had Mozambique been like during some of the time period that I was studying. And then to contrast to what I was seeing now in Mozambique after years of civil war, um, but with a new hope emerging. So when I visualize, uh, when I think back to Mozambique as an image, uh, uh, the biggest thing that I see is I see the faces of the people that we've spent time with, whether it was the friends that we met at our church community that we uh, became part of down there, or it was the academics who I spent time with at the university, 
or it was the maid who came and worked in our house and helped uh, take care of the family. Uh, I see the faces of the uh, just incredible people that I met. is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. In this episode, Jared Banks told us about his experiences as a Fulbright Scholar in Mozambique. For more about ECA exchanges, including Fulbright programs, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to write to us, which you can do at ecacollaboratory@state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. And we encourage you to subscribe to 2233. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Special thanks this week to Jared Banks for his stories, but not thanks for making me crave peri-peri prawns like they have in Mozambique, which you cannot find anywhere in the Washington, D.C. area. I did the interview with Jared and edited this episode. Featured music during this segment was Thanks for Coming by Josh Woodward and Did I Remember by Ruby Braff and His Men. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.